guys. Before we dive into today's episode of the Trail Trash Podcast, just wanted to give you a quick little reminder about three of the discount codes that we have going for you guys right now. The first one is Trail Trash, T-R-A-I-L-T-R-A-S-H. That one is good for 20% off your first purchase at Swiftwick and Scratch. Uh, the other one we have is with Squirrel's Nut Butter. That one is Trail Lube, one word, all caps, T-R-A-I-L. L-U-B-E, also good for 20% off. That one is good for any purchase. does not have to be your first one. Also wanted to remind you guys to, if you haven't already, please, 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 it does make a huge difference in the algorithm world. If you like and subscribe to our podcast, if you have not done so already, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And please feel free to find us on any social media. We're on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram. So please feel free to find us on those social media platforms. Connect with us because we would love to connect with you guys just to help deepen our relationship with you guys as our listeners. Now, with all that being said, let's meet up with the boys at the Trailhead and dive into today's episode of the Trail Trash Podcast. This is the Trail Trash Podcast. What is up, party people? Garrett and John here with another episode of your favorite smutty Trail Trash Podcast. Not getting too smutty tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about my favorite holiday. I don't know if it's your favorite holiday. We're going to talk all things turkey trot. And then possibly give a Thanksgiving Day food rating. So, turkey trot. I didn't realize that this is such a old event. Um, I just kind of thought it was kind of a recent thing. I mean, I don't, I don't remember any of my family members talking about turkey trots growing up, but I didn't come, I don't come from a family of runners. So, like, and I'm also from Podunk, middle of nowhere, Indiana, where we don't really do those kind of things, I guess. <laughs> so, um, and there may have been like the only run that I remember growing up was, a children's run and everyone wanted to run it because our old president or not our old president, our old principal at my elementary school ran it. And if you could run part of this mile with Mr. Roundtree, you were the coolest kid in school the next day. <laughs> um, but I don't remember a turkey trot. John, did you ever do a turkey trot growing up? No, not like as a kid or anything. My first turkey trot came in 2013. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you like hear about that? Like, did you just, were you already an established runner at that point or? So I first started running in 2012, but 2013 is where I really started getting after it like consistently and stuff. And with the um, middle half that fall and then I guess uh, Bro Dash from Murfreesboro is the turkey trot I ran that year. Not too long after that. So. Got it. See, I don't know as though. I've never ran an official turkey trot. I've run on Thanksgiving and called it a turkey trot, I guess, but I've never actually registered and signed up and ran a sanctioned event turkey trot. I should, you should give it a go sometime. They're fun. It's, it's actually pretty interesting because, you know, Thanksgiving has become the most popular race day in America now. That doesn't surprise me. That, that, that doesn't surprise me. And the reason I think it doesn't surprise me is because if you can get running into a meme in regards to, have you seen the meme where it's like, there's two kinds of people, the ones who run on Thanksgiving, the ones who eat and they marry each other. If you can, get, <laughs> or like, Oh no, I were married into a family of Turkey uh, Thanksgiving day, 5k runners or something like that. So it doesn't surprise me that Thanksgiving is the highest, I guess, highest, participation in a race the only other holiday that i could think of would be either new year's day or maybe the fourth of july no one's running on christmas yeah fourth um, of july is the second most popular yeah you know what would be fun 
is a costume Halloween tur- like pumpkin trot, I guess you would call it. Where everyone like you can't run unless you're in some sort of costume. That could be I, so, so I actually did that one time. Um what was your costume? I go to like any like race around that time of year, right? You're gonna have people in costume. Sure, you go to race any time of year, you have some people in costumes. But sure. um no, I pay so it's actually a pretty funny story. So I signed up to pace this race, right? Did not hear what was the distance. Half marathon. Okay. Half marathon. So I signed up to pace this half marathon. Did not hear anything about the about it for weeks and weeks. And throughout those weeks, I actually had an Achilles tendonitis injury, right? And so that took me out for a little while. And then when I was starting to get healthier, where I could actually run some decent mileage, I went out for my first long run that uh, one afternoon on a, um, i trying to think what day that was. I guess that would have been like a, a Friday. And I'm over on Lookout Mountain. I started up at the top at Craven's house, started going down kind of kind of off the Big Daddy Loop. I got to the bottom of the mountain. I was like, man, it's really pretty out here. I'm going to take some pictures with my phone. And when I get out my phone, the first thing I see is an email from these people saying, hey, um, this is where to be tomorrow morning to pace your race. And I was like, well, okay then. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was in October. And so I was like, well... I'm going to have some fun with this. So I ended up dressing like Darth Vader. And so in the pacing fight they gave me, I taped it onto the end of like a red lightsaber. I would expect nothing less. Like if you didn't <laughs> put it on a lightsaber, I might just end the show. Like I might be like, nope, we're done. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was really fun. I couldn't, couldn't really move around very well the next day because of that Achilles, but it was fine. Right. So um, did you wear a mask? Like, did you wear a helmet? No mask, but I had like, you know, nope. the t-shirt with like the print of just like, you know, armor on it. I had some bright red shoes to match the aesthetic. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I will say there were some people there. One of the, one of the coolest costumes I did see there where these people were dressed like some of the knights from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I even had like the coconuts that like, carried with them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's if there was a winner of the contest and they didn't, or there was a winner of a costume contest and they didn't win, it's rigged because that's fantastic. Yeah, like we passed them like 12 or 13 miles in and they still had their coconuts going. So, you know, that's some real dedication. You have to, man. Like if you're going to go that deep, you've got to be committed and you've got to do it the whole time or at least when other people are around. So they think you did it the whole time. So (laughs) it's kind of like my, if I ever want to get out of work, and actually not be sick, but but act like I'm sick. All you got to do is be seen with Mapco Sushi and then say, hey, I've got some bad stomach issues. No one's going to question like, oh, yeah, of course you do have bad stomach issues. You were eating Mapco Sushi. You don't have to eat it. You just have to be seen with it. Right. So same concept. You don't always have to do the coconuts. You just have to whenever someone's there. You got to make sure those coconuts are are galloping there. So, um, kind of like every time you see like a race photographer, you gotta at least pretend to run a little bit. <laughs> man, that is the worst. Is when <laughs> you look at your race photos after a race and you didn't realize the photographer was where they were and they caught you walking. Like, and, man, you know, I kind of and, and that's kind of funny because like um, the race photos from Rim to River just like dropped uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and that photographer just happened to be at the largest creek crossing on the course uh which is real rocky you know you got to kind of kind of pick your way across that and then also uh this one section where you're going uphill and i joked with her like the second time i saw i was like hey you got me got me walking again (laughs) you know what if i if i had some time or maybe if i had an assistant and i was doing race photography i would be that guy that has a camera set up at the porta johns (laughs) <laughs> and just taking pictures of people as they go in and just <laughs> that would uh, be some interesting race photos there for sure. So, um, oh man, that guy caught me when I was going to take a dump. Dang, man, didn't know he was there. <laughs> so, all right, back to the turkey trot. Did you know that this race was started in Buffalo, New York, is kind of where they're giving credit to the first turkey trot? I didn't. And I mean, also that it's 126 years old. So when we say like it is the well, oldest, I mean, it'll, it'll be 127 this year. 
Well, yeah, it's 1896. Yeah. yeah, 127 this year. So, um, no way. 126 for a couple more days, right? You don't get to jump. You don't get to skip to your birthday early. <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting because it was. And I don't really know the history of the YMCA. I know the YMCA played a big part in my life. It was where my first, like, well, it wasn't where my first ones were, but I, I have a lot of indoor soccer seasons and a lot of basketball seasons spent at some YMCAs and boys clubs and things like that. So um, I didn't realize that a local YMCA had started this turkey trot. And it was a bit more than a trot. Not a terrible amount, but it was an 8K instead of your typical. I would say most of your turkey trots are one mile 5Ks and a fun run for the kids. If I had to say the. If someone was like, hey, the turkey trot, what do you think is the average distance for a turkey trot? I'd say probably 5K. Yeah, probably like 5K. There's uh, several four miles for some reason, too. But Yeah, but then a fun run for the kids because, you know, kids like to show up and run with their parents, but they're not going to run three miles the little kids so but an 8k cross country course um <laughs> with how many how many entrants i believe at the first one in 1896 there were six participants who started the race and how many finished uh according to this runner's world article four finished so at a roughly a 66 percent finish rate we need to seriously look and see if we can find the Strava profile for this race because I'm wondering and may and I'm sure running is very very different than it was in 1896 oh for sure they're probably running in like leather shoes um, and and probably some sort of Pennsylvania Dutch overalls kind of thing like or, or you know what I what I picture is the boys at the beginning of um Hocus Pocus when the little sister is being courted away by Sarah and the boys are like, uh, you know, wake my father and assemble the others or whatever Thackeray Banks says. I just picture a bunch of runners showing up in like those shirts that are ties because they didn't have buttons back then, I guess. They go all like halfway down their chest and then they're, you know, burlap sack pants or whatever. So and I think the best part of of those six. The two who dropped. I can't wait. I don't know why one dropped. He just said, it just says he excused himself after two miles, but this is the best way to say I ever got sick. <laughs> and if I ever get sick at another race, this is so the excuse I'm going to use. The other guy <laughs> dropped because quote, his late breakfast refused to keep in its proper place. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just wondering if, if that made its way up or if it made, made its way down and it didn't stay in its proper place. And I'm just wondering in 1896, if you hear some boy puking in the woods, I'm assuming it's a woods. They probably didn't have roads too well. Um, man, I'm wondering if there was some Salem witch trial stuff going on. And like, man, I, did you hear that noise in the woods? Like, <laughs> um, So 1896, 8K course, whole six runners, and a whole four finished. The winner was Henry A. Allison, and it took him 31 minutes and 12 seconds and averaging a six-minute-per-mile pace. I feel yeah. like in 1896, that's kind of booking. Yeah, I mean, if that was an 8K course, I'd be just shy of, like, five miles. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, six-ish minute pace on a cross-country course. I yeah. feel like that. I feel like that's pretty. I knows what type of footwear, <laughs> right? If they were wearing shoes at all. So, so Mr. Allison definitely had some talent there. Think he'd beat Walmsley? <laughs> Different eras, right? No, well, that's like saying LeBron and Jordan and all those guys, and comparing them to Larry and Magic and all those guys that played. So, um. The I think the other interesting thing, and we're not talking all turkey trots. I think right now we're just kind of focusing on this one in Buffalo. Um, it is the longest consecutive race, being 127 years, even through COVID. They even, even, through, even through two world wars and two yep. pandemics, because it wasn't just the COVID pan pandemic, but it was also the flu pandemic in the early 1900s. Well, and then the, they ran through the Depression, too. 
And then I think it even said there's like one year where they had like 25 inches of snow, like dump out like on the day before. Wow. Wow. No, it, it is interesting. The coronavirus year, they did a whole 125 randomly selected runners. So they used a lottery system for their little turkey trot, which is pretty interesting. So it is um, older than the beta breakers, San Francisco marathon. Um, yeah, and it's also, that one actually has an interesting history too, because it began after the San Francisco earthquake. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. see i'm not familiar with the better breakers uh, so it's uh definitely an offbeat race <laughs> well and, and the other thing it's it's also older than it's also older than the boston marathon by a whole year well by a matter of months because it's november well november to boston, april and, yeah, has, has, to april, I, and it would have started in 1897 still older yeah so that's like a twin who's born the year. Like if you have twins that are born on New Year's Eve and one is born on like 1159 and the other is born at like 1207 or whatever. Yeah, I'm still older. I'm claiming it. So I don't care. <laughs> no. Are you doing any turkey trots this year? Yeah, I'm I'm running one down here in uh, Knoxville. It's got some corporate name to it. I think it's like the Regal something turkey trot 5k it's downtown goes over both of the bridges over the river so we'll see nice. how that is nice you wearing the uh the darth vader suit no okay i will be wearing if i can find them and god willing if i can find them because i can't find anything in this house since since the move it's just been piles of stuff everywhere i will be i will be wearing my turkey socks no i wanted to hear the cortez the Cortez. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, okay. So the Cortez, I actually, when I got those, I actually tried to run a mile or two on those, and it was an experience. And How brutal was that? It wasn't the worst. It also wasn't as far from the best. Um, I can't imagine how anyone actually ran in those, except that was probably like, you know, the pinnacle of technology. It's whenever those first came out. Those have like the the ridged bottom, don't they? Uh huh. What's the concept in that? Like, is it a road shoe that grips well? Is it a cross country shoe, trail style shoe? Like, what was their concept? Like, why are we doing this sawtooth looking bottom? And I couldn't tell you. We could probably like actually research that and talk about that on a different show. We'll give Phil Knight a call. Let's see but it, it definitely definitely has come you've definitely come light years since then to like you know our four percent shoes now right yeah yeah um but, but yeah i will be wearing my turkey socks i don't wear anything else on thanks for thanksgiving ryan's turkey trots um and actually the first year okay the first year i got my every for the first like four years i had these turkey socks right Mm -hmm. I got progressively faster at the Borough Dash, which I ran every year at Murfreesboro. Every year I wear those turkey or those turkey socks at faster time. It just kept chipping away until one year when I could not find those turkey socks and I ran a slower time. So your late breakfast refused to stay in its proper place, didn't it? No, I just, I just wasn't <laughs> that fast figure, I guess. <laughs> So I'm still browsing this article, and it talks about the Dallas YMCA Turkey Trot. Do you know how many people run that? Apparently, it is now one of the, if not the largest races in the country, with more than 20,000 finishers. Wow. That's a that big is, turkey trot. That's a lot that, of people running a 5K. Yeah, that is a lot of people for a 5K. <laughs> like, the, like, the, like the shoots at the beginning of the race probably line up for about 5Ks. <laughs> Man, and so let's let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit. If you're at a race and there's these shoots, do you try to position yourself at the front or do you want to be you personally, do you want to be more at the back? That's a difficult question because I do that at things like say like, you know, the rock and roll, formerly the country music marathon and half marathon. They ask you for your estimated finish time. 
everybody the laws about it. So they get into a higher or a lower corral closer to the front. And the problem that that creates is just the uh, the tra- a traffic issue. Like you get well, bottlenecked yeah. on all these people who are running. Yeah, the purpose of it is to prevent the bottlenecking. And then when you lie, you just create more bottlenecking. Yeah, kind of like when people say they're stuck in traffic, but it's like, well, yeah, but you are traffic. Right, yeah. <laughs> so you're only getting mad at yourself, though. So. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not doing a turkey trot this year, man. All of you guys know how off my running has been this year. And I'm just at the point where I'm just like, you know what? Just scrap the year. Do the whole, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm well, not, you know, the um, official action for happiness calendar calls us new ways November. You could start running on Thanksgiving and keep a streak going all the way through the new year and just to really build up that habit. I could. I could. Now we've had, um, <laughs> I and, feel and like my the wife guy dismissed I... really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm not a run streaker. I, 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 there's so much stuff that we do as a family. Um, and then outside, like on our own, that it being a run streak or keeping a run streak would be incredibly difficult. And I know a streak is just, I mean, all you got to do is go run it. What is it? A mile in order for it to count. I mean, I mean, it's your streak. It's your rules. Right. Right. Oh yeah. I ran five minutes. You know, it's not the same. Well, Hey, you could run a mile in five <laughs> minutes. I mean, I couldn't, there are people who can, I'm not one of them, but <laughs> in order for me to consider it a streak, I'd, I would run to need to run at least a mile. Same. Uh, anything shorter. And like, I mean, I could have just walked that. <laughs> so uh, my thoughts on that. Um, I'm not one to go streaking just to hold up the streak. But when I am run, in the middle run of streaking, pretty... like like keeping up your run streak, not going yes. streaking, like I mean, old school both. Will Ferrell. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> this depends We're on going the... streaking. Depends on the day. <laughs> right, right. Depends on how many people are on the mountain. Con- context <laughs> is very important. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not one to go run just to keep up the run streak. But if I am in the middle of like, you know, a pretty good training block, I do like going out for like a mile or just 10 to 15 easy minutes on like say like an off day just to keep it up just to keep keep that habit and be intentional about it Mm -hmm. Um, i don't Mm -hmm. know that's i I like it (laughs) well and we kind of we talked about it last week and again like you know after like a hundred like a hundred mile race i'm not gonna go out the next day that's dumb um i mean if you do and that's your thing cool but uh no, there's, there's really no reason to. You're it's not hard enough to walk down the stairs yeah. or up the stairs, I guess, to get back down the stairs. Look, after my first, after no business the first year, I slept <laughs> downstairs because it was just so much easier than walking upstairs. Like that thought killed me just even thinking. About it. So I slept downstairs for like the that night when we got back home. I was like, man, uh-uh, I'm not going up down up those stairs. Just turn around, walk back down in the morning. Nope, I'm just going to sleep on the couch. Yeah, in four years of running Rim to River, I've stayed at the same hotel, and this is the first year out of those four I've not had to go up or downstairs to access my room. <laughs> well, hey, there you go. Just every year, just request the first – next year when you go back to or, that, can I have the same room, please? Or pro tip, and we can debate on the ethics of this as well, request a handicapped room. They will include things like a bar that can help mm-hmm. you move around and a shower chair, which is – fantastic that is a wonderful mm-hmm. one uh following a race of that nature i would say that it would be borderline unethical but <laughs> again we can, to, we can debate on that but uh, <laughs> if you were to take your own shower chair because they fold up right some of them like do. or like a shower stool that would <laughs> fold up yeah like the first one i ever saw was uh, when me and Jason went and ran the damn Yeti, the first year I ran that, like 2000, probably 19, mm-hmm. our house had one. It just had like a like a chair that like bolted out from like the, the wall where it's mounted. And we so kind of laughed. A Murphy, at, it was a Murphy yeah, we chair. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, we kind of like laughed at it when we first saw it. But then after that race, we we're like, you know what? That's kind of nice. <laughs> yep. Yep. Look, it's like after, you know, after a heavy leg day in the gym when you deadlift and squat on the same day and then 
you get your delayed onset muscle soreness and go into the bathroom. Sometimes those handicap bars come in handy. Just, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I don't, whoop, sorry, dropped my phone. Um, I'm not opposed to turkey trots. I think they're great. I just, I just personally have not run one and I don't know why. I mean, Spring Hill's got one. I think it's still in its relative infancy. I think it's what, four years old. Um, I mean, I remember running the first one, but I don't remember what year that was exactly. Yeah, I think, I think it was when he when we lived here the first time, and then we moved away to Murfreesboro for a couple years, um, which was in seventeen. But I don't think it's now. I don't think it's that old. I don't know. Um, but they've they've changed that because it used to be a marathon and a half. And I don't know as though they got the course approved and were able to get enough people uh, security-wise to do the whole marathon. So they cut it to a half and a 5K. And I think that's still what they have is the half and the 5K. And they might have a fun run. Um, But turkey trots have really exploded. I mean, like we talked about earlier, it's the most popular race day of all of them, which makes sense but there's one in every town and there's even neighborhoods that have their own Turkey trots. Um, I know that there's a college Grove neighborhood that has its uh, their own veterans day 5k. Like, so you can find Turkey trots any town, no matter where you are, unless you're from Podunk Southern in middle of nowhere, Indiana, where you have nothing but cornfield all around, whatever. Welcome to my childhood. So, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting if you think about like the appeal of it, like, why do you think they're so appealing? Because it's kind of like, I would I really, say. I really think it's because people think. And, and and I don't think I'm too terribly wrong when people think, oh, I'm going to eat so much food today. I need to offset that by doing some sort of physical activity. So they go <laughs> run and they go get their they go get their workout in. They feel better about going back for that third plate of stuffing. Spoiler alert, that so, does not find its way to my Thanksgiving plate. <laughs> so if you think about it, I think there's a couple of reasons, though. It's like, first off, what else are you doing on Thanksgiving morning if you're if you're not cooking for like... I was going to say, the only thing... People? Yeah, the only thing you'd be doing is prepping food. Yeah, and, so you have some time to a burn. Oh. Uh, it's a very communal-based holiday, so it's mm-hmm. like kind of cool if you go to like the same one year after year, you see like the same people there. You get to see people coming back into town from wherever they've been. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know like in Murfreesboro, you'd see like uh, kids coming back who are like running like as like D1 athletes and just smoking everybody, but always be like the same handful of people every year. Right. Um, so I think well, that's that- the thing. Like if you, if I was to go back home, because none, like none of my family lives in my hometown anymore. But if I was to go back home, it would almost be one of those like, man, I still got to let this town know I run this place. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I feel like so many people do that. They go back and they're like, you know what? These are my stomping grounds. These little young whippersnappers can't hang. And then you blow a hamstring, like, <laughs> <laughs> or or whatever guy shows up wearing his old high school letter Letterman jacket from his varsity football days. You know, with his state championship ring, thinking he still owns the town. So, um, but yeah, it's almost like a like a nostalgic factor when you kind go home. Coming type deal, and and all your friends are there, and it was like, man, let's go run this turkey trot. Let's go run this five k. Like you get your old high school teammates back together. You throw a little <laughs> wager down, like yeah, five bucks on me. You know, and winner takes all. So, um, it wouldn't surprise me. Would not surprise me if if those kind of things happened. Um, but I'm also not from a big running community. Like running's not a big thing back in Southern Indiana. Um, so I don't even know. I mean, I'm like I said, you can find a turkey trot everywhere. I just don't know if I don't see any of my social media friends posting about their turkey trots in my hometown. We'll put it that way. So now if like they may be running it and just not posting it. But like I said, I have not, and now that my phone listens to everything that you say, I will probably get all of a sudden my algorithm will be changed and I'll have a ton of turkey trot ads, pictures. 
I mean, it'll be a sign. It'll be a sign for you to start this streak from uh, Thanksgiving through New Year's. Um, but only contingent, only if you can find your turkey socks as provided by Swiftwick, which, by the way, go by Swiftwick socks. Use <laughs> use promo code Trail Trash for twenty percent off. There you go. Your first purchase. Your first purchase. So, um, but yeah, I'm wearing, they do. I'm wearing my Swiftwicks right now. Nice. Because they're great socks. I don't wear anything else. Which one? Even if we didn't have a promo code for them, I'd still be wearing them right now. My drawer is nothing but dress socks and Swiftwick socks. So there you have it, folks. No. <laughs> the occasional. And and look, they've even got some of their hiking socks. They're actually kind of discontinuing their hiking socks, the mm-hmm. pursuit socks. Um, so now Perfect. they're just my so, uh, go go stock up on those. Go buy, go go buy their clothes out right now. Yep. Yep. And then you can oh, have nice twenty percent off those. <laughs> What's that code again, John? <laughs> Trail trash, all caps, because you got to, because you, I gotta, gotta know, you gotta let them know that you're that. screaming it at the top of your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so their 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 pursuit socks have actually kind of turned into like my cabin socks, if you will, like you know those fuzzy socks that you wear around a cabin. Um, they're yeah. yeah, so their their pursuit socks have turned into just my lounge socks when I don't want slippers or anything, but my feet get a little cold throw those guys on they're thicker than your normal sock and there you have it so um does tying this into ultra running in a very weird way not very weird way but john kelly he does turkey trots doesn't he have a record or is it a marathon that he has a record for number of costumed finishes because he runs that one always dressed as I get them always confused. Link or Zelda? Link. Link. Um, okay. The video game Zelda. And I'm, I'm not the SME on video games either. So someone yeah. else can correct us if we're wrong. But yeah, at one point in time, he did have a world record. Fastest like marathon or something. World record for like fastest marathon dressed as like a video game character. And some of those records get kind of finicky because they have different subcategories for those marathon or those costume categories but right. i believe that's what it was right because you could sit there and all of a sudden be like oh yeah well john kelly's got the record for the fastest video game character or you say like yeah but i've got the fastest record for an arcade game character dressed as like saget <laughs> or something from street fighter like <laughs> like you yeah, can it's just like, it's kind of like where do they draw the lot on that but right Right, because then you could go down the hole and be like, "Oh yeah, well they're the fastest in sixty four character, but I'm Raccoon Tail Mario from Super Nintendo, so <laughs> I've got the fastest record for for Super Nintendo characters." Like <laughs> you could really, yeah. And, and sometimes I do get annoyed, like you age groups. I don't see the need for having an age group for every five years. There doesn't need to be a 20 and under, a 20 to 21 to 25, a 26 to 30. Just keep it all in decades. You've got 20 and under, 30 and under, or 20 to 30, I guess 21 to 30, 31 to 40, 41 to 50. Like, don't make it so everyone gets a participation trophy. Yeah. I mean, that's something else we can debate on. Um, Ultimately, I don't. I don't care enough to really give much focus on it. If a race wants to issue awards for that, so be it. It's not something that influences me heavily. Right. I just, it, it just. Outside it, of like uh, with the overall awards, like if they had like an overall, like a master's and a grand master's, I think that's usually sufficient for like mm-hmm. a short distance road race. Sure. Sure. But what I don't like is, like I said, when they have so many awards that it basically is like, oh, we're going to try to make an award for everyone. I was the fastest 33 year old today. Like, no. And then they're still calling out like awards like an hour after the last person is finished and nobody's there to accept it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because everyone's like, man, I'm not waiting this long. So, yeah, just cut out the awards. Not everyone gets a trophy. It's OK. I turned out just fine and I didn't get trophies all the time. <laughs> That being said, I do remember it was one of my first years in soccer. I actually got in trouble. Like, I remember getting scolded by my dad because I didn't know. I mean, I was five, <laughs> maybe maybe younger than that. I don't know. Um, for some reason, our team had an MVP trophy. And coach picked me as the MVP for our team. 
And I just remember walking around like saying to myself, I got two trophies. I got, and my dad pulled me aside and he reamed me a new one. Oh man. I like, all I remember is getting chewed out for saying that I had two trophies and it. And, uh, I never, I never bragged about having two trophies ever again. Sounds like <laughs> I don't a, know if I ever a, got two trophies ever again, but, but yeah. I mean, you'll get, you'll get two when you run no business next year and you finish. I will. Two I will. Goals. Look, dad, <laughs> dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but damn you. If I get two buckles next year, <laughs> I'm walking around saying I got two buckles. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to walk the last the last little bit and you can scold me as I say it, I don't care. I'll say it proudly. Like that's fine. <laughs> okay. Um Thanksgiving food. Because because tying it back into what we were talking about, I do think so many people run it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of people gave the excuse like I'm running this 5k because we're eating so much later and I need to feel like I need to offset that. So <laughs> your first go through, cause everyone goes back for seconds. Like if anyone says they don't go back for seconds, you just call them a liar. Cause everyone gets more food than they need on Thanksgiving. What do you put on your plate first? Do you go for meat or do you go for a side? I go for sides. And and I think the reason I go for sides first is one, there's always so many people because my wife is the oldest of six kids and all six live within a five mile radius of the house they grew up in. So they're a very tight knit family. So Thanksgiving is a very family focused event. And so everyone comes over and there's so many people that I just go for the sides because people are waiting for turkey. So I just I'm like, man, I'm just going because I just want to get food on my plate so I can go sit down and eat. Um, but I also feel like the sides will keep their heat a little bit longer. I feel like the bird, once you take it off, it cools off pretty quick. And I don't like. <laughs> I don't like cold turkey there. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people are going to get a chuckle out of that one. Like, yeah, so. I don't do anything cold turkey, I guess. No, except apparently running because I don't remember the last time I did that. So uh, <laughs> take that, uh, take that dad joke and tuck it in your back pocket for uh, hey. Thursday. Be hey, all I'm <laughs> saying is dad oh, jokes no. galore. I am wearing Nike Air Monarchs right now. I have my dad <laughs> shoes on, man. I am in full on dad mode. I texted a friend today. I said, man, because he hates, he 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 questions a lot of my fashion choices. And I text him, I said, man, I am such a dad right now. You should see what I'm wearing. And he goes, what, for the love of God, are you wearing? <laughs> so I said, I'm wearing a Patagonia hoodie, gray sweatpants, and my Nike Air Monarchs. And he goes, why am I friends with you? <laughs> no. You know, you know, appear really nice with those. It's like a pair of jorts with white cotton socks pull, pulled Dude. out like mid-calf. Probably not because Swiftwick would be better but um, hey they've got it they've got knee highs they've got the compression socks so yeah, you get some big caps calf yeah. uh, links in there um, so, so yeah <laughs> i could do it i'm gonna be a dad with swift wicks for halloween next year i don't know but uh as far as thanksgiving food i feel like i feel like my top one that i, that I would always look forward to um so so i i would usually eat at my my grandmother's my father's mother's and I don't know what she does, but her mashed potatoes are always just ten heels better than any other mashed potatoes I ever had. Mm -hmm. for, for whatever reason, like you know, kind of one of those things, um, you can make it the exact same way as her, but it just one tastes the same. So, man, grandma's mashed potatoes. Grandma's put love in their food, and I don't know what it is. And I think it's because, like, so there's this one guy that I listen to, um. Not necessarily for motivational speaking. He's a motivational speaker, but I just like listening to what he has to say. I've read some of his books and he talks about, you know, carrying boats. No, does not talk about carrying boats. No, nope. no, nope. not not that. Not everyone's favorite motivational speaker. But he, there's this one little thing that he talks about. Um, so basically his his CDs, he takes uh, excerpts from his speeches and puts them as tracks. So he that's 
Yeah. So one of his speeches he's talking about, and he's talking about how grandmas make food. He's like, man, you think it's a literal pinch, but grandma knows how much a real pinch is. And grandma's pinch is different than your pinch, which is true. So like it may say a pinch of salt and you may put just like a two finger pinch. But is it a three finger pinch? Is it like is it a couple pinches? Like grandma's just know how to make food better. But then again, when you've been making the same food, like my grandma's persimmon pudding, unfortunately, grandma passed a long time ago. And I don't have, I'm sure one of my dad's sisters has it. Um, but I never had it growing up. Cause have you ever had persimmon pudding? I don't think so. Okay. Do you that know what persimmon like anything I would even try like as a kid? Like, right. No, little kids don't have it. And so it's this, it's not even like pudding, it's almost like gelatin. Um, where you take the pulp and you basically just mash this pulp and you put it on a cookie sheet and then you put some other stuff in it. It's a very sweet fruit, but it's ugly. Mm. Like when you make it, it all just turns into this brown mush. And kids, like I never had it growing up because it looked gross. And I would just see mom and dad and all my aunts and uncles just get this big square of this persimmon pudding. I'm like, man, this is so gross. And it had to have been one of the last Thanksgivings that I was home. Uh, so one of the last Thanksgivings that I would have spent with my grandma and I had it and it was life changing. And I can never have it again. So I need to actually get with my aunts and see. But I don't persimmons are down here, but they're just super hard to find. I don't think you can buy persimmons at the store. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing, too, is like I think it's almost like a generational thing because like if you think back to like my grandmother's generation, it's like. When she grew up, she grew up in a household where, you know, she would go out, go with chicken, pluck the feathers off the chicken, cook the chicken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Real, like, truly farm to table. <laughs> yeah, uh, for yeah. sure. Well, and, and food just tastes better when it's farm to table or when there are less stops along the way. And, and I wish it wasn't, yeah, I wish it wasn't so expensive to do straight from the source but i understand why butchers charge because that's like that's their livelihood i get it um i just wish it was a little bit cheaper because i would look like i love trying to get food as close to the source as possible we don't necessarily follow a whole food diet per se but we do try to follow it a little closer than than we used to i guess um and we're not whole 30 like not not that kind of thing but like if it comes down to making the chicken nuggets at home versus buying the Tyson frozen chicken. Sometimes we'll try that. So, um, or tenders or things like that. Cause you can air fry those pretty easy. You can bake those pretty easy and it's just a healthier choice too. So especially uh, if they're dinosaur shaped, I don't know, man, dino nugs. <laughs> I don't know. I will always get dino nugs. If someone has the choice between Tyson chicken tenders or dino nugs, put the dino nugs on my plate. For sure, that's also uh, Clementine's preference. She's a she's a big Dino Nugs fan. Mm -hmm. Did you ever do you play with your Dino Nugs? <laughs> you do, mm -hmm. don't you? Yeah, maybe I'll try that <laughs> with her next time. What you need to do is you need to make a mashed potato volcano with gravy coming down the side. And then you have like broccoli as trees and your dinosaurs are around. So you have a landscape of food. And there you go. You know what? If I ever get married, yeah, I'll throw that on the buffet. <laughs> gravy, mashed potato and gravy volcano. Mm -hmm. Telling you. All over the place. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So what about desserts? Where, where do you rank? Since I brought up persimmon pudding, which is a dessert, like it's, it's a very sweet fruit. Um, well, actually, I think the fruit itself is more bitter, but you add lemon and some other things to it to make it palatable, and then you turn it into this persimmon pudding. Um, but I, I know, I'm trying to think of, of like what dessert that's seasonal I would hold in high regard. Like, I mean, if it's Thanksgiving, it's usually like something like a pie, right? I would say pumpkin or pecan pie are your biggest. See, desserts. I wasn't big on either of those. Um, I mean, if you're doing pies, like. My mom had a recipe for something that we called a toll house pie. It's like one of those kind of like a filling in like the chocolate chips in the bottom. 
Okay. I was going to say that someone almost has either like chess pie or some sort of chocolate pie. Chocolate chess pie is good too, but um, whole house pie, like if you bake it just right, get like a crisp like top layer on it and like kind of like a gooey soft inner layer with the chocolate chips on bottom. It's almost like it almost tastes like a cookie, like in, but in pie form, it's really good, especially if you keep it nice and warm. All right, Mrs. Horner, you're on, you're on the, you're up next. We're all expecting a, uh, a pie. And, and I mean, that's, that's one recipe I feel like I've managed to successfully perform, not on the level of my mother, mind you, because. Because you're just not that good market, yet. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and if you two were to take the same exact ingredients in the same exact measurements and make it at the exact, like all things considered, mom's is always going to taste better. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and there's just something too about having about, I mean, about having your food that you cook for you versus food that's prepared for you. Like when you go to your, like, your mm-hmm. mom's grandma's house and they know you like whatever dish it is, they cook it specifically for you. I guess that oh, goes yeah. back to the, the you know, Putting that little pinch of love in there. <laughs> yep, it's the it's the love, man. And you can like when people like when people say, "Yeah, I taste the love in this." It, I mean, you everyone knows what they mean, and it's true. Like someone went out of their way to make this food just for you. It's gonna taste better, whether it does or doesn't. It could be placebo effect, but it's gonna taste it, better. That would actually be a fascinating study that someone much that smarter than me should should uh, look that into. Would be someone who has the necessary resources to facilitate a study on does this food actually taste better like she made two of them and you bought one like we we set it up okay so how would you do this you have your mom make two toll house pies and there's one that comes in like her favorite pie dish like like the everyone knows like grandma's crock pot grandma's stock pot like it's it, that is your mom's baking dish right or the other one which again she made but we went to kroger and got a label and a container and we had the person test both of them i would say 98 percent of the time they're going to say the one in bon- in mom's baking dish is going to taste a lot better than the store-bought so basically, if we have any scientists or anyone who has any like actual data-driven insight on this, uh, slide into our DMs. We would love to have you on the show to discuss this topic at length. Oh, and I would one hundred percent. Listeners, we have already. <laughs> so, what is your least favorite Thanksgiving food? Oh God, I don't know, man. I already told you, stuffing does not find its way on my plate. Or do you call it dressing? Because they're 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 the same thing, right? Stuffing and dressing. Some people just call them the other for whatever reason. I don't touch either. I mean, I'm sure there is a difference, and we'll have to be careful because people feel strongly about this type of thing. So we're walking on what could potentially be one of our boldest and most controversial statements if we say that they're the same thing. This is this is a very long hot take segment, is what this is gonna turn into. (laughs) And if anyone so is still here, listening, if they have made it this far, then they're just going to be in for the long haul here, apparently, and they're just well, going to have to deal with it. So. <laughs> if they made it this far, they're into a pretty lengthy turkey try. They're probably getting hungry or hungry they, or yep. every step at this point since we're talking about uh, right. food and yeah. having I would say topics. Yeah. Candied yams, I've got to be in the mood for, but I don't like it when there's marshmallows on them. I don't know why. I just it, like I will scoop off the marshmallows and put them back in the dish if I'm having candy. Like I'm fine with the pecans or are they walnuts. I'm fine with whatever nuts you could put on them. Like that doesn't bother me. I just for whatever reason don't like the marshmallows on them. But I'll eat candied yams if I'm in the mood for them. I have no problem with that. That doesn't sound like anything I would be in the mood for probably ever. You don't like sweet potatoes? I do like sweet potatoes. You just don't like them when they're um, covered in brown sugar and tasty? <laughs> I don't know. If I cook sweet potatoes, usually I like I'll like uh, dice them up or mm-hmm. cut them up a little bit and I'll drizzle some like olive oil on them and some salt and some pepper and just bake it in the oven. No brown sugar on your sweet potatoes? No. 
Oh. Usually, I'll do that with some like broccoli, and usually that tastes pretty good together. Okay. But no, it, it was my, my in the past. Uh, I've I've typically usually just been kind of like a uh, me and three kind of person as far as just my natural preference. It's just this kind of kind of how I grew up. But do you all have noodles at your Thanksgiving? It might be someone might make a pasta salad, but. Oh, see, Grandma, and I have her recipe. We made them. Larkin and I made them one time. They're just egg noodles. And and, and to anyone who thinks they can't make egg noodles, they are super, super easy to make. Like, there's not a whole lot of, of love that goes into making egg noodles. You just need a counter space and a rolling pin and the ingredients, and you can. Like, Larkin and I made them one time. But Mom, no, sorry, not Mom, Grandma would always make her egg noodles, and she made them extra thick. And they were so good. And again, I don't know if it's just because someone else made them or if they're really that good, but I would always go back for more noodles. Um, but I feel like not a lot of people have noodles at their Thanksgiving in, in like um in that type of sense. I'm sure people have pasta salads and that's fine. But like these were egg noodles that you would put like with mashed potatoes and gravy and all these other things. So, um, yeah, so I, egg noodles for sure are always on my plate. Maybe I'll make some for Thanksgiving this year. I don't know. We'll see. Um, mashed potatoes, rolls. Oh, yeah, my grandma's got some good rolls, too. I was going to say, do you guys bake rolls or do you... Because I'm perfectly okay if someone's going to bake rolls. I am also perfectly okay if I open up a thing of King's Hawaiian rolls. That or um, some of those, like... Um, what are they? They're the Parker House style rolls, the Sister Schubert rolls. Sister Schubert, yeah. Oh, yeah, those, are, those are pretty big. And the thing I like to do with those is cook up like some like uh, maple flavored sausage patties like on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Just put them between some of those. Yeah, pretty good. Yep. That would actually be a pretty good uh, ultra food too. I was just say it'd be a good. I, so the sausage, book. yeah, the sausage I couldn't do. Um, for whatever reason, cured meat. Not bacon so much, but like cured meat that has spices added to it. So pepperoni, sausage, um, sometimes other things that fall into that category, sometimes bratwurst uh, and things like that. They just give me heartburn. God, I'm getting old. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sitting there. So, uh, yeah, so, no so, so no pizza rolls at the aid station for no. you. No, or, uh, not, at our not River, they they one aid station about uh, 40 miles and I guess 55-ish miles. And that makes, uh, whoever runs that aid station makes like uh, like pepperoni rolls. See, and I, yeah, just for whatever reason, they just unfortunately uh, don't sit well for me. So, um, yeah, like, so Larkin's gone for the weekend. She's at my mom and dad's uh, until tomorrow. Um and so we had pizza for dinner tonight. And I was like, man, for the first time, I don't have to get just a cheese pizza. So I bought a pepperoni pizza, made it, took it out of the oven, and I'm cutting it. I'm like, you know what? I should probably take some Pepsi before I eat this. <laughs> That's how old I am now. Like, yeah, the, the commercials where the food fights back. That's me now. Man, what happened? I miss my iron gut when I would wake up on Saturday morning in college and need something to soak up Friday night. And we would go get, this was back when they had the dollar menu. We'd go get double cheeseburgers from McDonald's. You get two of them and man, you're, you're right as rain ready to take Saturday on. So, but, um, I, <sighs> stuffing is probably the only food that does not find my Thanksgiving plate. I would think I'm trying to think of what all my in-laws make. And I get most of it. Cause is it just, um, the stuffing that you've been exposed to in your family dinners or is it or is it like all stuffing across the board you have never tried one that you enjoyed i think it's all stuffing i think it's a look thing like it just doesn't look appealing to me and i've had it and it doesn't taste bad i just the the concept of stale bread and all these other things that are in it and i just but then again I, i'm going to counter i'm going to counter argue myself here because the best french toast is made with semi-stale bread so it's not a stale bread thing because i love french toast 
But for whatever reason, stuffing, dressing, whatever you want to call it. Heck, I even eat canned ocean spray cranberry sauce. That is some of the best stuff in the world. Especially if you're making Thanksgiving leftover waffles. Now that I can use stuffing for. That I have no problem with. And I don't know. I really don't know why. But stuffing. And I think maybe it's just because it's such a. A gut bomb type of food where it just sits in your stomach. That's going to take away from all the other delicious food that's on Thanksgiving. And I'd rather have room for a second piece of pie than a little scoop of stuffing. I mean, that's fair. It's you gotta you gotta make your priorities. Right. And my priorities are my sweet tooth. So <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so are you staying over there for Thanksgiving this year? Um, I don't know what I'm doing yet. We'll we'll just see what happens. I'll just go run a little tree trot and I don't know. Maybe just if so, I don't go anywhere, maybe I'll just, you know, see what's going on in the park or something like that. I, I don't know. So if if your mom's listening, what <laughs> she's going to hear is John might not be home for Thanksgiving. And if he is, he's probably coming home empty handed and empty bellied. I mean, when you put it like that, it, <laughs> it sounds great, but that's probably a realistic take. So... Uh, <laughs> Would you make anything if you were to go home? What would you make? Like, Man, what is your? See, okay, so the challenge here is like anything worth making. Like, it would be like a recipe that I've picked up from like my mom. Right, but you could always like, say, "Hey, mom, I'm gonna try making peanut butter pie this year. Like, <laughs> I'll I'll make that and I'll bring that. Or I'm gonna make your Toll House pie because we've made it so much together that I'm gonna go ahead and make that and bring it so you don't have to make one." So it's okay to make something for your mom. It's going to taste better since you made it. <laughs> <laughs> because be you, our, uh, you yeah, put yeah, the love I'll, in uh, it. I'll log any findings I have on that and we can contribute it <laughs> to our research. <laughs> to our research, whoever whoever is conducting our research, we will send you our, sur- our uh, surveyed responses. So um, I do think... I do think you should go home for Thanksgiving. I say that because because you should. So, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Anything? What are? What's your overall take on Thanksgiving? Like, where does it rate in the holiday scale for you? Oh man, I don't know. See, Thanksgiving to me, like in terms of holidays. Thanksgiving to me is above Christmas. Now, I love Christmas. I love the Christmas season. But I feel like Thanksgiving, and I think it's because I have a soft spot for the underdog, and Thanksgiving is almost a forgotten holiday. I feel like that is true. Like, it's like, especially with like the commercialization of it. It's like as soon as you clear out Halloween, it's. They don't even wait. They don't even wait for that. It's like October twentieth, and they're putting up things or Christmas stuff. Mm -hmm. Especially in the uh, in the line of work that I'm in, it's like everything from Christmas up until December twenty sixth. It's it all just blends together. Mm -hmm. I was talking to someone at work the other day. I was like, "Man, we're about that time of year." And he said, "What time?" I said, "The time where it." where I just have to ask myself if the day starts with su- with an S, okay, great, I can go back to sleep. Uh, the days are made up, the time is made up, uh, and the calories, while they do count, I don't count them during this time of year. So, Like today, we were at the store, and I bought... They're, they're not even delicious cookies. They're, they're not. I don't even know why I bought three boxes of them, but they're the holiday cookies, the Christmas tree... The Santa, the little Pillsbury Doughboy ones, the like the break apart cookies, they're not even good sugar cookies. Like <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but for whatever reason, like nostalgia took over. And it's like, man, I gotta have one. And now there's an elf box of cookies that have an elf hat, like Will Ferrell elf. So yeah. <laughs> so I bought those because I'm off all week this week. So I was like, well, I want something to do with Larkin. So great. We'll make three sheets of cookies. That's fine. Uh, that, that'd be fun. fantastic. 
film. But see, that's like part of like the fun part of like running during the holidays. You're like so hyped up on sugar all the time. You got all that extra energy. It's fantastic. <laughs> Look, that's what I'll do. I'll make these cookies. I'll go run. I'll take some cookies with me. They're a great exactly. Ultra it's like you don't have like any like nutrition or gels or anything like that. Just take some of grandma's fudge, break it out into little pieces, throw it in a ziploc bag, and run downtown. I mean, it's great. Fudge is an ultra food. I don't know if fudge would say. <laughs> it's like the what? same thing as a gel. It's just like sugar, man. Just like, well, yeah. Pop a, little, pop a little cube of it in your mouth and just like let it melt in there. Yeah. Yep. Speaking Same. of gels, what's your favorite gel? What's your favorite? Ooh, what if they did a Thanksgiving flavored gel? So it has been years since probably since I've had a gel, but it would be goose salted caramel. Oh, you had me you were close when you said salted. I think salted watermelon's their best flavor. Yeah. That one, it tastes just like you took a piece of watermelon, put some salt on it, and took a big giant bite. Like it's good. No, but I'm also a sucker for watermelon. I do. That is one of my favorite, like summer, like ultra foods. Is just nice piece, piece of, of watermelon. cold watermelon. Probably yeah. not cold, but a good piece of watermelon. Yeah, no, it's um. There's a lot of good stuff in there for you too, Tom. Which is weird that, according to some of the diets that you could follow, did you know that on the GI diet? So you're talking blood sugar. Um, pizza is a healthier choice for you than watermelon. Is it... Well, and so if you have to look at like, so you have your GI diet and again, it's all sugar related. So you ha like, it's for people, I don't know much about it, but I would assume <laughs> it's for people who are highly diabetic or predisposed to diabetes and things like that, um, where they can't have all these sugar foods. Pizza doesn't have a ton of sugar in it. Watermelon has a ton of sugar in it. So yeah, pizza would in the, in their diet would be a healthier choice than watermelon. But the rest of us all know that that is not a logical choice. Watermelon like is a much healthier choice. I feel like that's one small data point in a bigger picture, and unfortunately, I'm not smart enough to really dig into this. Are either of us smart enough to do anything? Let's just be honest. No. And... <laughs> All right, so Thanksgiving, turkey trots, go find one, go run one. But before you do, hop on to Swiftwick, use the promo code TRAILTRASH for 20% off your first purchase. And while you're browsing your websites, thinking about, oh my gosh, I have this race coming up. I need to slay the turkey trot. I've got my socks. I need to head on over to scratchlabs.com and use Trail Trash for 20% off my first purchase at Scratch. And then while you're still browsing, you know what? It's going to be a hot one this year. I'm probably going to chafe. I should head on over to Squirrel's Nut Butter and use Trail Lube, all caps, for 20% off any purchase. How's that for commercials? Or hey, if you need to get an edge <laughs> on your uh, on your turkey, frozen turkey bowling, just give you some of that lube, wax up the bottom of that thing, and be like flying. Chevy Chase flying <laughs> down that hill in a Christmas vacation. Hey, that's a nice little teaser. So I was thinking next week we would do TTP at the movies, Trail Trash Podcast at the movies. Ooh. Man, this, where... this one might actually be the most controversial episode yet then. <laughs> so let's go ahead and tease it. Because if anyone has stuck with us for this much, they deserve a little tease. <laughs> they deserve a little slip of something here. So I'm thinking next week, because Jason will be back next week. Thank God Jason will be back next week. I'm relinquishing my duties of podcast intro. Assuming he's not indisposed due to some weird parasite or worm he picked up from eating so much sushi all so over much his Look, man, I'm, you can eat too much sushi. You can. And you can actually, yeah, Jason, you might want to monitor yourself for a little bit. So, so next week, we're going to get a nerd on a little bit. And we're going to talk about fantasy movies that we would want to run an ultra in like with in the, the universe focus... of that movie huh like in the in that movie's like universe like in the yeah universe, well not necessarily okay. in that universe but like where the movie takes place so like middle earth oh okay or but it has to i mean you're not gonna go run on 
I mean, well, okay, okay, I can't say that. I was going to say, you can't go run on Dagobah, but you can go run in Middle Earth. That makes no sense, Garrett. You're stupid. Like, <laughs> Okay, so we'll open it up and we'll say whatever fantasy world you would want to run an Ultra in, what distance would it be? And then we can rate Christmas movies. Because you want to get real controversial. There's no better way than talking about why running through Right, uh, right. Sorry, while running through Rohan is better than running through the Shire, or why running on Tatooine would be much better than running on Dagobah, and then proceed to say why National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is the best Christmas movie, followed by Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way is a vastly <laughs> underrated Christmas movie. We were watching that before tonight, <laughs> like. <laughs> Well, that, that, that is arguably one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's greatest movies. That and Kindergarten Cop are two of his best movies. I love Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop is up there in the realm of movies that I am perfectly okay stopping my day if it's on TV. <laughs> and I don't care where it is. Like, I do that with very few movies. I do that with Top like Gun. when you're out. Um... Mikey or Monarch dad shoes. You do the dad thing. We're walking through. You see that movie, you just stop and you stand there for a minute looking at it just because you're interested, not invested in it. You're just interested in it. And then slowly you make your way onto that couch. Yeah. Kind of like yep, sit you down stop. at the edge of it at first. <laughs> oh, oh, what? This is, this is getting kind of interesting. Let me, let me run, let me run to the kitchen here and grab a bag of snacks and come back. Then yep. you come back and then the next thing you know, you're stretched out fully on that couch and rest in your eyes. Yep. Yep, you start in the corner of the room, and then you're you're leaning on the couch, on the back of the couch, and then you're sitting on the edge. Next thing you know, the legs are out and you're asleep. So, yeah. So I do that with I do that with Top Gun, I do that with Tombstone, I do that with Gladiator, and I do that with Kindergarten Cop. And I don't know like those are all one if you were to play one of these things doesn't belong here. <laughs> Kindergarten cop is the thing that doesn't belong. But for whatever reason, I just love kindergarten cop. So, so there you go. There's your teaser for next week. It's not kindergarten cop. <laughs> so which fantasy world would you want to run an ultra in and why? And then we'll rank Christmas movies. I mean, you mentioned Tatooine. Um, parts of Tatooine, at least in A New Hope, were filmed in the... Um... Death Valley, which also hosts the Badwater 135. See, so you could be could be onto something there. So. Or you could be you could run on Dagobah, which may be like some of Runbum's races in Florida. Swampy. Yeah, just don't ever Google the swamps of Dagobah. Um, but anyways, we can talk all about this next week. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, guys, this has been your favorite smutty, traily, trashy podcast, Trail Trash Podcast. Garrett and John here. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, today, whatever time of day you're listening to it. Be sure to not put stuffing on your plate. It's an overrated Thanksgiving food. There I said it. You can save the room for dessert, mashed potatoes, gravy, noodles if that's your thing, extra rolls, whatever you want. Y'all have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the upcoming holiday season. Have a good night. (laughs) 